Welcome to NCMMA Radio. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of NC MMA Radio. This is your host, Tyson Roush. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter, NCMMA underscore radio. Also, check out all our interviews on our website, ncmmaradio.com. In this episode, we have a very special guest. is Corey Anderson, who is featured on the main card of UFC 198, which is a huge card in Brazil. A lot of legends on the card, so tremendous opportunity for Corey. So, Corey, this is Tyson. How you doing, man? What's going on, Tyson? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. It looks like you're a couple weeks out now. How are you feeling? Feeling good, man. Other than your your normal fight camp bumps and bruises, that's no matter what, if you're training, you're going to get them. But uh, I'm excited, ready to go. Corey, after your last fight, do you take time to, like, watch your fight over review, like, what you did right, what you did wrong, and try to improve that as you, like, through this training camp? Oh, of course. I'm studying the film as soon as I can. As soon as the fight is posted, either online, Fight Pass, or whoever recorded on their TV back home, you know, I try to get to the house and get to the DVR so I can see what I did and what I didn't do and start critiquing it Monday morning right back in the gym. You know, Dad, when you, you're you facing Shogun Hua, who is an MMA legend. He's got, you know, like 33 fights and things like that. When you face a guy like that, do you look at his recent fights to try to learn things, or you look at his whole career? How do you kind of game plan for a fighter like Shogun? I mean, you got to study it all. You got to go back and see what he can do and what he will do, you know. And that goes from when he first started back in the pride. He could have a flurry where he did something that he used to do. But then you also got to study his recent fights to see what does he do most, what does he do often now. 20 years later or 15 years later, however he does, what does he go to as his go-to moves nowadays? Because that's what's going to be most important, what he's usually going to throw every day in sparring, which is what he's going to throw in the fight. Yeah, and it's like I remember last time we talked, we talked about, you know, guys that you wanted to fight, and you're looking for a big fight, and it doesn't get any bigger than this, man. It's like UFC 198 in Brazil, and you're fighting in Brazil against, you know, a very, very, you know, popular guy there. Do you think that environment is going to be hostile, crazy? Are you going to embrace it? How do you treat that? I think it's going to be just like it was when I fought in Sao Paulo against uh, Fabio Maldonado, but it's going to be a little more crazy because that stadium set 4,500, and this stadium sits 40,000. So it's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. But um, you just see you either block it in or you take it in. And I like to take it in, you know. I listen to the chants and hear them and, that just means I got to get out there and shut them down even faster. Hit B first and uh, just get take down and start landing some ground and pound or keep it standing and laying great shots or laying good kicks, whatever it is I do. I got to do it first to shut the crowd up because the second I let him get off, that's just going to get the oohs and eyes going. That gets the momentum going his way. Yeah, that that environment should be insane. I mean, it's just a phenomenal opportunity for you. When when you were offered the fight, or when the fight was presented for you, how, like how excited were you? Were you? Like this is the one I want. Like this is like this is go time. Oh, I was very excited. My manager called me. Uh, I mean, the way he called me too was uh, 
He was like, you got the fight you want, because I called him after I did the interview on the show and said, or on TV. Like, oh, I think I want, like, OSP or something. Then he called me, who you want, man? Who you want? Let's try to make something happen. I told him, so I want the winner of Shogun versus um, Rashad Evans. But then Rashad ended up, or Shogun got hurt and got pushed back. So when they called me, it was like two days after my fight. Like, yeah, Shogun's getting pushed back to USC 198. You want to fight like, of course I want to fight him. Let's go. Like I said, I was back home chilling for a little bit with the family, but packed my bags and got back to Jersey, got back in the camp mode. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, we all see your training. You know, anybody that follows you on social media, you see you're always working hard, strength conditioning, sparring. And one thing we notice is you have to, you always have a lot of variety of sparring sessions. You do some boxing, you do some, you know, MMA, you do some kickboxing. Does that just help you, to, like, you know, fine-tune all your skills, you didn't make it specific to your opponent. Mm. It's a little bit of both, you know. Mark Carey makes sure we do, do MMA rounds, boxing rounds, and then kicking rounds, like MMA, but focus more on kicks. But uh, it depends on kind of spar- part- uh, sparring partners we can get in the room. And that's what we kind of based off of. You know, Shogun is known for being a legendary kickboxer in his game. In the UFC, he doesn't have any submissions. Pride, he had submissions, but in the UFC, it's all about knockouts and hard kicks. So when we get people in, we want to focus on people that's going to throw kicks and hard punches. But then we don't stray away from the jiu-jitsu part, so we do that in jiu-jitsu practice. Work a lot on the ground with the little gloves, working ground and pound, transitioning, and getting away from the things that he likes to do. Yeah, and one of the things that we saw is you, you had some sparring sessions with Chris Weidman who's come in and worked with How's that been working with you know Chris Weidman who's you know just – very, very powerful fighter. You can't get much better than that. When you got the former champ in the room and, you know, he's working hard to get his belt back, that's when he's going to be the most hungriest, working his hardest, you know, so that's going to be the best work you can get. Somebody super hungry to get his belt back. It ain't like he's hungry just to get his belt, but he already had the taste, and he knows what he got to do to get it back. So now he's working extra hard and pushing it even harder. harder. His ground game is by far probably some of the best in the UFC. His hands have come along great, his speed, his power, his strength. So if you can go with a guy like that and you can hang in there with him, that lets you know, like, okay, you should be ready to go with just about anybody in the 205 or the 185 division. Yeah, no doubt. We watch some your sparring sessions. It gets, it gets pretty intense in there. Now, you seem like you have a lot of different sparring partners. How important is that for your, just for your overall development? I mean, to have different sparring partners is huge, it's key. You know, people get so used to having the same sparring partners, and you and your sparring partners know each other's moves, and it's kind of like going tit for tat when you spar. It's not really a uh, a battle anymore. It's like you don't have to worry about what is this guy going to do. Is he going to throw a kick or is he going to punch? When he's faking, is he going to be fakes or is he actually setting up for a punch? When you got the same people that you go with every sparring session, you know their movements. You can't change that much in between two days or a day in between sparring. So you're going to usually go back to what you know. When you get several different sparring partners, you have to change it up to the way they do things. You know, you might have one guy Tuesday that's good at throwing kicks, so you focusing on faking, checking the kicks, or taking down on the kicks. But on Thursday, you can have a guy that's a wrestler with good hands and you sitting there trying to check the kicks 
and you stay in the front, he's just going to blow through you with the takedown. You know, or he's going to punch, keep punch, punch, and get you to think about going to punch you, get your hands up, and then he's going to take you down. You know, so you got to switch it up. That's why it's mixed martial arts. So you got to mix up your spawn partners to get a little taste of everything. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's to get the, the overall game, and you're, so you're prepared for everything. And so how important has, has Coach Mark Henry been in this? I mean, I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, he, he has, like, the best of best right now in, on your team. How important has he been with your development? I mean, just like I tell everybody, Mark, if it was for Mark Henry, I wouldn't be where I was in the UFC. Granted, my work ethic and the way I grind is a huge part and. You know, and thank the Lord and God and everybody, my family and friends has been here and supported me. That's all big parts. But Mark Henry's coaching and his his scientific ways with his striking is just like you would never find anything like it. the people I've had come in from different schools to train with me and work with me are friends I used to know from my old gym that would come here and they just watch. They don't even get to work with Mark Henry, but they get to watch him outside the cage when he's saying stuff and working with stuff with Frankie or Chris Wyman or me or Frankie Perez or just in between conversations. And I just like, man, like I've never heard anybody break it down that way. Like he just he makes it simple and it makes sense. You know, a lot of coaches tell you to do things but they can't really tell you exactly why they're doing it. They just tell you to do it because they like that move. Or it's a move I like or it works for me. But they don't have a reason behind why it works or how is it going to work? When Mark Henry says something, he doesn't ever just tell you something just to tell you. It's a reason behind everything. Oh, if you fake here, it's going to make him do this, this, and this, which opens up that, which means that move that I showed you last week is going to be there. Or throw this punch right here over the top. Now that's going to open this. It might not land the first time, but it's going to make a move this way or open up this. So then you're ready for the kick or the take that. It's just uh, everything he tells you is kind of like, reading an encyclopedia every day. You're always going to learn something new. Yeah, I know. I mean, we could definitely see it just as students watching you guys train and spar and everything else. You could see, like, the level of detail and just how much he coaches you guys. And I guess my last question for you is, you know, how important are your teammates for you? It seems like, you know, you have Frankie and Marlon, Eddie Alvarez, Frankie Perez, all these guys with different weight classes, but they all seem to help each other. Like, you have, you know, Frankie Eggers, you know, probably – 40, 50 pounds lighter than you, but he's still there helping you out giving insight. How important is that to you? Well, I mean, a team is, after your coaches, your teammates is your most important part to success. You know, anybody can get a good workout hitting the bag, shadow boxing, doing ground and pound, resisting the band and lifting weights, but you'll never get better by yourself. You know, I used to coach college wrestling, I tell my kids all the time, Everybody, but man, it's an individual, individual sport. I ain't worried about what such and such do. I don't need him for my success. Now stop, like stop. Now listen to yourself. You wrong. Now can you go in there and shadow wrestle every day of the week and win a national title? And they just look at me stupid. Like no, you can't, because you need somebody that's gonna shoot on you. Somebody that's gonna see what you're doing and help you with what you're doing. Tell you what you're doing wrong. Correct what you're doing wrong. And you can help them the same way. Like without teammates. You can't be a champion. It's impossible. You you won't find anybody that's a world champion that trains themselves. It's impossible. You gotta have somebody to work the moves on, start with, start with, and learn from. Tell you things which you're doing wrong and right. Granted, Frankie and Frankie Perez and Eddie Alvarez are so much smaller, 
they've been there. They've been in this UFC game, in the fight game, so much longer than me. They help me and they tell me what I'm doing wrong and what I'm doing right. And they tell me what I should try the next sparring session to do to fix something. And sometimes Frankie Perez is suit up and go in there with me. He fights 55, but he walks around at 190 or whatever. So he, if I need a body, just like 75 or 50% work, I mean, he's great for that because he can simulate what I need and tell me what I'm doing wrong. But, yeah, having those teammates there to have your back and to be there for you to tell you what you're doing wrong at all times is just amazing. Well, Corey, you got it. May 14th, Shogun Hua, UFC 198. Do you have a prediction how this fight is going to go down? I predict getting my hand raised, Tyson. You know, I never predict a, a knockout, a submission, or decision. I just know I, I put the work in to get the results, and uh, I put the work in to get a win. I don't put work in going for a knockout. I don't put work in going for a submission. I work everything so I know by the end of the day I can get my hand raised. Well, Corey, on behalf of all the students, everybody at NCMA and everybody else, best of luck going to Brazil, getting this win, because, you know, we're all supporting you. We always watch, like watching you train, everything you help us with. So good luck, man, and, and thank you for your time. Thank you, Tyson. Thank you for having me on the show. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. All right, everybody, that was Corey Anderson, who, you know, he has a huge opportunity against Shogun Hua, um, an MMA legend, 30-plus you know, fights, and, it's going to be a great fight. We're all looking forward to it. So we want to thank Corey for his time, end of his fight camp. So we definitely appreciate that. Once again, you can follow our, uh, all our interviews on ncmmaradio.com, uh, ncmma underscore radio on Twitter and Instagram. We appreciate the listens and follows, and we'll talk to you guys again next time. Welcome to NCMM Radio. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Today, Bridget Griffin shared a video of her daily yoga routine, two self-help articles, and her new blog called Build Your Inner Bridge with Bridge. Girl, your sharing has turned into oversharing. No worries, Bridge. Geico has some info worth sharing with your seven blog followers, like how you could save money on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim just by visiting geico.com. How's that for building your inner bridge? Bridge, Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.